And I'm so excited this morning, y'all. We're going to begin a brand new series. I want to look back at something we did eight years ago, okay? We did this. Some of y'all are going to be like, man, I remember, you know, some, I'm going to, let's, I want us to relook at the creed, okay? And, and what we're going to do is, is we're going to talk about it, um, and we're going to talk about why it's so important, and we're just going to dive into it, and I want to share with you some, some things that I've learned from the creed, some new things that I've learned from the creed, and, and what, what we're just going to talk about what is it and why is it so important. And so let's, let's, let's start with what we're familiar with, okay, and then we're going to work our way back. And some of you may have grown up reciting the creed, the Apostles' Creed, each and every Sunday. For some of y'all, it's going to be very familiar. You may even have the whole thing memorized. In fact, uh, y'all, this was the case for me, okay? I grew up in the church ever since I was a child, and because of that, there are certain portions of the United Methodist Church that I don't need a hymnal for. I don't need the words up on the screen. I don't need the bulletin. I just know it all from memory. And therefore, I don't need, when it comes to the Apostles' Creed or the Lord's Prayer or the communion meditation or the prayer response or even the dedication of the offering. Do y'all remember that? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Y'all know that, right? How many of y'all know that one? Yeah, okay. All right. Oh, stay. Yeah, I'm gonna, everybody's going to break out in the chorus now. <laughs> <laughs> but we know that, right? Every Sunday. And, and we just did it. We just always we stand up and sit down and recite this and say this. And, and it reminds me of this story of a seminary student that recently graduated from seminary. He took his very first church. He was so excited to take his first church. And he gets there on the first Sunday and he's going through the order of worship, the, you know, stand up and sing this and then sit down and stand up and recite this. And then it came time for the Apostles' Creed and everybody stood up for the Apostles' Creed. And then when they did, they turned to the right. And he was like, well, that's strange. And he didn't want to feel, you know, he didn't want to be left out. So he stood up and he turned to the right. And so after the service, he was like, well, you know, he was asking somebody, he's like, I get why they stand up for the Apostle Creed, but why do they turn to the right? And the person said, well, a couple decades ago, they gave us this great portrait of the Apostles' Creed that was hung on the wall. And then one day it fell and it broke. So we used to always stand up and face it and recite it. But then when it fell and broke, we never got it replaced. But the tradition just kind of stayed. And so everybody just stand up, and he's turned around. And sure, sure enough, he's like, he looked over to the right, and he could see the little hole in the wall where the nail used to be, right? And it just kind of, it was just kind of a funny story, but it was kind of cute. But at the same time, it just kind of shows like what happens when you get into these things and these, um, these creeds and the order of worship, and it, it becomes just so normalized that you don't really think about what you're doing while you're doing it, right? It becomes so routine that we don't really give it much thought. It's kind of like driving your car to work. Like, have you ever gotten to work and your mind is so consumed with what's ahead in the day or what happened yesterday or maybe you're listening to your radio program or your podcast or something, but your mind is just kind of gone and you don't remember driving to work, right? It just becomes so routine. You do it every day, going to work, coming back, maybe even during lunch, that, that you just kind of do it and you just don't really think a lot about it. That's one of the big reasons people ask me. They're like, well, why don't we do this at the Ridge? Well, that's one of the big reasons we don't recite things at the church. In fact, let me, let me share with you two big reasons. When we started this church, we decided to be a different kind of Methodist church. The reasons we don't do that, number one, is because I, I don't want it to be something that's just routine, that we don't reflect on. What I'd, what I'd like to do is every 
you know, a little bit of time or every couple years or something. Look back at it. Study it. Really understand why it's important, why we believe in it, why we do it. Number two, the other reason we don't recite things is because we don't want to be awkward for first-time visitors. I mean, imagine if it was your first time to the church and everybody stood up and sit down and stood up and sit down and turn to your right and put your right foot in. And you know, it's, like a, it's like a dance and you don't know the moves to it, right? And we don't want it to be awkward for anybody's first time at the church. Now, having said all that, for some of this, this is very routine. And we know it. And we can recite the Apostles' Creed. But for others of us, if I were to ask for a raise of hands, I guarantee you there would be just as many people that have no idea what the Apostles' Creed is. And I don't want to single anybody out, but I guarantee you there's a lot that don't know what the creed is or what it's in fact when people some people when they hear me talk about the creed they think i'm talking about the band (laughs) with arms wide open you know sorry that's the last time we're going to sing okay i promise last time i'm singing this morning but you know that and that's okay so here's what i want to do we did this, y'all. We, we talked about the creed. We kind of looked at it a little bit for a few weeks, eight years ago. So what I want to do is I want to look at it, and we're, we're really going to dive in this time, okay? And we're going to dive into this, and we're going to understand what it is, why it's important. Why is it important for us as a church to know what it is? Why is it so important that at churches each and every Sunday, they stand up and they recite this every single week? So here's what we're going to do. As we go through this series, we're going to recite it too, okay? And what we're going to do is we're going to focus on a different portion of it every Sunday. And today, this is going to kind of be like an introduction of understanding why it's important to to know what we believe, okay? So we're going to recite this together, and we're going to put it on the Ridge app. If you opened up the app this morning, you'll see that it's the first thing that pops up. And if it doesn't pop up, you may need to close out your app, bring it back up, refresh it, okay? should be the first thing that pops up. And what I want to encourage you to do is to memorize it. And I know it's long. And I know it's got some weird language in it. But I also know that you can do this, okay? We're going to be in this for six weeks. So take some time and just maybe take it with you on your ride to work. And just repeat it and take a phrase each week. And really kind of try to understand it. And so to get on the right foot this morning, everybody... Get ready. We're going to do something that is out of the norm for this church. We are going to have a responsive reading. Are you all ready for this? Can everybody read together in the same tone and in the same way all at once? Let's try this together. Everybody, let's stand up, okay? And we're going to recite the creed. And like I said, this may be the first time for some of you, but let's read this through together. We got it up here on the screen. Here we go. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Listen, it's y'all sounding like a real church. 
Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five and say, good job. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five. Good job. All right, everybody can have a seat. Thank you so much. <laughs> now, if you're new to church, this is going to be so great, okay? If you're new and you're just kind of kicking the tires of this whole faith thing, this is going to be a great series for you because we know that you've got questions about faith. Okay, so we're going to dive into this, okay? And it, even if you, if you know somebody out there, maybe that's not you, but you know somebody that has questions about faith and they're, they're kind of new to this whole invite them. This would be a great time. But if you're already a Christian, this is going to be a great series for you as well because what we're going to do is we're going to dive deep into these spiritual disciplines, okay? And we're going to give you a deeper understanding of what it means to be a faithful follower of Christ, to really understand the presence of God in your life. So let's break this Apostles' Creed down. Let me give you a few points to understand real quick. If you want to actually, if you want to turn those message notes over and take some notes on the back, you can. Uh, for everybody online, there's message notes that are available uh, for you on the Ridge app. But before we start filling in blanks for the message notes, let me just, let me give you a little bit of background of the Apostles' Creed, okay? The Apostles' Creed, everybody wants to know, well, did the Apostles write it? Who wrote it? Where did it come from? You know, the Apostles refer to those... Christ followers, specifically the 12. The 12 that had a relationship with Jesus, okay? The 12 including the apostle Paul, right? Now, some people think, there's some people that think that the 12 actually wrote this. And if you look at it, it's kind of broken down into 12 statements of faith, which is pretty interesting. But there's not a whole lot of support for this theory that it actually came from the apostles. What better supports that this um, understanding of where it came from is that the churches wrote this. The church leaders wrote it based on the apostles' teachings, okay? Another point I want you to know about this creed is just how much of it is focused on Jesus Christ, okay? More than a half of it, a half to about two-thirds of it is all focused on the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. That's very important to us as Christ believers. Another point I want us to be clear on is that the word Catholic, when we say that we believe in the Holy Catholic Church, we're not talking about the Catholic Church as we know it, like bishops with pointy hats or anything like that, right? What we're talking about when we speak about the Catholic Church is we're talking about the communion of all believers, like the church universal, okay? And I also want you to know another thing. When it comes to the Apostles' Creed, this isn't actually found in the Bible, like, you can't go to the book of Ephesians, my Bible study this morning. You can't go to the book of Ephesians and find this, like, listed out in Scripture, okay? It's not actually, but every part of it is based off of Scripture. So it doesn't come right out of Scripture, but it's based from Scripture. So why do we have it? Like, what's so important about the creed? Well, when the early church started, the early church leaders, they began to realize something. They, they began to realize that unity was really important in the church. And here's why. It's because you got this new religion that's being formed, right? This new faith that's coming out about who Jesus was, what he did, and what that means for us as believers. And as the church began to grow, certain things started happening, and there were heresies that were coming out. What's a heresy? A heresy is a false teaching about Christ, right? It's a false belief about who Jesus is. A teaching that doesn't line up with the Bible. And there were a lot of teachings that were happening back then. And a lot of teachings, honestly, that were just based on how people felt at the time. Or they were based on culture and what society said was important. Doesn't sound a whole lot different than today, does it? 
So there's a lot of teaching out there. So some of that teaching was that Jesus wasn't really the Son of God. Some of that teaching was that we had Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but they were all completely separate and they were not united and you shouldn't put them together. Some of that teaching was that Jesus wasn't really human. So the, so the early church leaders, they were like, listen, um, we need to be unified in what we believe. And, and so they wrote these basic beliefs down. And they put it into a form that was memorized. That could be taken throughout the known kingdom at that time. So that they could all be united. And here's the reason. It's because what we believe is important. We need to understand what we believe. What we believe has a lot to do with who we are, where we're going in life, and what's going to happen to us. So that's what I want to start with today. I want to give a little bit of basic introduction. Why it's important to understand what we believe. Your belief will determine your perspective. What you believe determines your relationships. What you believe determines your purpose in life. What you believe will actually even determine your eternity. What we believe as Christ followers, what we live into next, are we going to transition from this life into the kingdom that's to come? So, what we believe is important. So let's ask some basic questions when it comes to what we believe. Asking questions, y'all, asking questions is so important. It really is. Some people don't like, you know, some people don't like when you question your faith. Some people like for me to pick out Bible studies and they'll say, well, this Bible study says this and this Bible study says that. And like, you know, this is a little bit different. I love it. I love it when we can talk about free will versus predestination. Like, I love it when we can question these things together. Questioning is important. It helps us grow. So let's talk about some questions that we need to wrestle with. Point number one is this. Here's a question you need to wrestle with. What do I believe? What do I believe? That's your first fill in the blank, okay? This is a good question to ask. This is one of the most fundamental questions you can have in life. What do I truly believe in? Let me, let me ask you this. Do you even know what you believe? Do you even know it? Here's where I'm getting at. There are so many people that never take the time to really ask this question. Even Christians. Christians don't take the time to ask this question and really try to understand what it is that we believe and why we believe. Why, why we believe is going to come in a minute. But what is it that we believe? And you know what? The Bible actually encourages us to wrestle with these questions. Look at what this verse says together. This, let's look at this together from the Apostle Paul. It says this in 2 Corinthians. Paul says, test yourselves. Test yourselves and make sure you're on solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. I want you to give yourself regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not just hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. Ask those questions. Focus on those words. Test yourselves. It's okay. Don't just drift through life. Don't just drift through life taking what other people say or just believing it because that's what everybody else says. Give yourself a checkup on what you believe. Maybe we can even look at this time as we go through the creed together. We can look at this kind of as a spiritual checkup. Right? Maybe just an invitation to kind of discover again, like, what is it that I believe? And do my beliefs, are they where they need to be? 
And y'all, this is so important. And the reason this is important is because if we don't, if we don't know what we believe, then how are we going to make important decisions in life? Like, how, how are we going to know what's true, what's false, what's right, what's wrong? You see, understanding what you believe is important when it comes to the big things in life. When it comes to things like salvation in Jesus Christ. Do I believe in salvation in Jesus Christ? And not only that, but what do I believe when it comes to salvation in Christ alone? A lot of people say a lot of different things. A lot of churches say a lot of different things. A lot of denominations say a lot of different things. What do I believe when it comes to the big thing like salvation in Jesus and in him alone? What do I believe when it comes to the little things? You know, when it comes to forgiveness or when it comes to God's grace. You see, when you don't understand what you believe, when you don't have a, for back of a letter, for lack of a better analogy, sorry, I'm going to slow down a little bit. If you don't have a list of your beliefs, then how are you going to make those decisions? What are you going to know? How do you make those decisions in life, because if you don't know, then what you're going to do is you're just going to make your decisions based on circumstances. You're going to make your decisions based on your feelings at the time. And when have your feelings ever led you astray? <laughs> A lot, right? Y'all, this is important. You know, and there's, there's no better example of this that I can think of, of having a good list of what I believe and why a list is important than when it comes to grocery shopping. Grocery shopping is so important. It's so important to have a list when it comes. Because here's what I used to do. Long time ago, we're talking like 15 years ago. Long time ago, what I used to do is I used to take the, the monthly allowance for food and I would go grocery shopping for one month all at one time. And that was a big mistake. Because I would also go hungry, which is not good. And I would shop without a list. And so everything looked good. And then when you get up on stuff and you're like, oh, my goodness, you know, there, here's actually a buy one, get one free. And so, you know, that means I can't just buy one five-gallon bucket of Cheeto balls, right? So I got in trouble. Like I'd get home and Shannon took, took those rights away from me when I showed up not with one five-gallon bucket of Cheeto balls, but two five-gallon buckets. And she said, why did you buy this? And I said, you know, some people walk through life asking why. <laughs> I prefer to ask why not. <laughs> that didn't go very well. I said, better question is, why don't I have three? And if I had three hands, I would have three, because I would be able to take them all. Anyway, all that's gone, right? The real problem is that when I shop without a list, and maybe you know what this is like. You go into a store, you don't necessarily get what you need, but you get what you feel like at the time. You get what you want. You know, you can think of your beliefs, like what you hold true in life, to kind of like that list. Your beliefs will set the direction for your life. They set the course. What you believe helps you focus. It helps you focus on what is most important in life. And the worst case scenario, y'all, is when we're just walking through life oblivious. Like not understanding, no list, just kind of wandering through life, not really understanding what we believe. Because if we don't know what we believe, then what, we don't have a purpose. 
We don't have a direction. It kind of makes us susceptible in life to all these other different things. We might believe a little bit of this and believe a little bit of that. And we'll just take a little bit here and a little bit there along the way. And suddenly we're confused. It's kind of like that old quote. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything, right? So, if Jesus is the most important thing in your life, if you would put faith up there as the top priority in your life, then we got to understand. we got to understand what we believe about who he is and why he came and what that means for me as a Christ believer. we got to know it. So it's important to wrestle with that question, what do I believe? The second question that's good to ask is what are my beliefs based on? What are my beliefs based on? Why do I believe what I believe? Okay, why do I actually believe this to, to be true or to be something that I'm holding on to? A, a, a good example of this, y'all, was when Shannon and I first got married. First got married. Um, when Shannon and I were married. Um, we had Savannah very early on in life. We were 23 and it's just amazing when I look back at the pictures of me as a 23-year-old, I cannot believe they let me leave the hospital with a baby. This was crazy. It's like a child with a child. There's no support group like there at the hospital. There's no doctor telling me what to do. There's just like, here's your child. You know, good luck, basically. So I'm walking out with this child, and I'm thinking to myself, I've got a lot to learn. Like, I don't know what I need to know. And so I started reading up and I started asking questions and trying to understand, you know, what's, what, is, what is best for her? And one of the questions I asked very early on, because I knew that this was important to my belief, what I believed in was infant baptism. It is a big question for a lot of people. Okay, so I believe in infant baptism. What I believe is important and I believe in this. This is on my list. But why? Like, what are my beliefs based on? Is it based on the fact that I was baptized as an infant? Is it based on the fact that my dad says this is what you're supposed to do in the church? I mean, that's not going to really cut it when Savannah is old enough and she asks, why was I baptized? And I'm like, well, granddad said you had, you know, like, that's not good. Is, is, it, is it because the people in my church want to see infant baptisms? Like in Cordial, man, they loved it. Just like y'all love it when we baptize babies up here. Well, am I doing that because Ms. Mamie on the front row said that I should? Like, why, why do I believe that this is important? So I had to ask that question. And so when I asked that question, I went to Scripture. And I began to study why I believed what I believed. And just a note, I always go to Scripture first. You should always go to Scripture first to figure out why you believe what you believe. And when I turned to Scripture, I found that whole households were baptized in the faith. I also found that Jesus told the children to come to me. I also went to church tradition, and I found that the church has been baptizing infants since the 2nd century A.D. In fact, John Wesley, when he was teaching about infant baptism, he says, in a lot of ways, it resembles the Old Testament ritual of circumcision. And I also began to know that in the tradition of the church, an experience would tell me that later on that Savannah, when she is old enough, she would be able to stand up and she would be able through confirmation to be able to accept her baptism, be confirmed in the faith and accept it for herself, which she did right here at the ridge. So here's what happened through all of that. 
when I was willing to ask the question, this is why it's so important to ask questions about what you believe, why you believe it, y'all. It's because when I'm willing to do that, when I'm willing to test myself, like scripture says, and I go to scripture for those answers, I always grow. I always grow. That's why one thing on Sunday mornings, I, you know, I always say, you know, you don't have to believe what I teach. Like, you don't have to necessarily agree with me on everything I say. But when I'm done preaching, I hope that you go home and you open your Bible and you learn for yourself because that's a win. Even if it's just to argue with the preacher. I don't think what he said was right, right? I'm going to go look that up. That's good. Test yourself. Go to scripture, understand why it is you believe what you believe, because when you do that, you grow. But let me point you back to scripture. That's so important to forming what we believe, and that's what the creeds are based on. It's because as Christians, we believe that God's word is our eternal source for what is true. Look at what Isaiah says in Isaiah 40. It says this, the grass may wither, and the wildfires fla- uh, wild flowers fade, but our God's word stands firm and forever. God's word has always been, and it will always will be with us. So, good questions to ask. What do I believe? What are my beliefs based on? Why do I believe this? And then here's another great question to ask as we begin this creed study together. Does my behavior match my belief? Does my behavior match what I believe? This is a great question to ask. This is a question Scripture says we ought to be asking us all the time. I like the way Rick Warren puts it. He says, your creed's got to be backed up by your deeds. Okay, your creed's got to be backed up by your deeds. In other words, what you believe needs to be shown in your life. How you live each and every day. There's a guy, y'all, if I could... If I could push you to go and study the book of James, you could actually read his book this afternoon. It's a very short book. James really presses us on living out our faith. James, the brother of Jesus, in fact, he says this in chapter 2, verse 14. He says this, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it with your actions? What good is that kind of faith? What good is it to have beliefs if you're not living it out? I love this. I think James is getting us to, he wants us to wrestle with that question. And maybe that's good for us. Like as we go through this series and we look back over our life and over our years of being in Christ, maybe we look back and say, man, is my life living up to what I believe? Or maybe not even look years in the past, but just look at yesterday. Like and what was said and done yesterday or what was said and done today? Can my life, does my life prove what I believe, because it's important. Maybe it's good for us to go through life and say, you know what, my my goal, my goal is every day, every day, from here on out, is my life and what I believe, I, I want them to match up. I want people to look at me, look at my life, and know exactly what I believe and who I believe in. This is important because we're after spiritual growth, right? That's why we're here. We want to know more about God. We want to grow closer to him. We want to grow in our faith, right? This is, this is what we do. I, I, I like how 1 Corinthians, it says this in 1 Corinthians 16. Paul says, be awake. Stand strong in what you believe. 
Don't be complacent and just waltz through life. No, no, no. Stand strong in what you believe. And then James, let's go back to James, the brother of Jesus. He doesn't let this point go. And he says this. When will you ever learn that believing is useless without doing what God wants you to do? Faith that does not result in good deeds is not real faith. What's he trying to say? We're not saved by faith. I mean, we're not saved by works, we're saved by faith alone, right? This kind of sounds contrary to Scripture, but what Paul, what James is saying here is like, listen, if you really believe this, if you really have faith, then what should happen is that you ought to be showing it. It's impossible to come into a relationship with the love and saving grace of Jesus Christ and not be changed from it, right? To not let it impact you in some way, shape, or form. So yeah, like you're saved by faith, of course. None of us are good enough to be saved without the blood of Jesus Christ, right? We know that. I hope you know that. But at the end of the day, too, if you're saved, if you have faith in Christ, if you really believe in who he is and what he's capable of in your life, if you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit that's been given to you, then you ought to have, then you should show a changed life. It ought to affect what you say, what you do, and what you think. You ought to be a bit different. And you know what? It's okay. To question yourself about this. Is my life, am I showing that difference? Because not only when I show that difference and when I'm acting out what I believe, not only do I receive spiritual growth, but guess what? Others grow because of my faith. Others can see me and they can believe in Jesus because of what I'm doing and how I'm living. And what an amazing testimony that is. So if I could sum it all up, it's important to ask strong questions about what we believe. It's important. Because my belief will determine three things. Let me give you these three things real quick. My belief's going to determine my behavior. Okay? How I act. Behind all right behavior, you will find right belief, right? Number two, your significance. What you believe will either motivate you in what you do, or it'll discourage you. It'll lift you up, or it'll keep you down. And the third thing is my eternity. As Christians, we, we realize that we weren't just created for the here and now. Right? We're created forever. And what we believe about who Jesus is and why he came, that affects how we transition from this life into the next. So, as you leave this morning, I just, I just want, as we go through this creed together, I just want you to understand your beliefs matter. And right beliefs matter so much and when you walk out those doors living what we believe it matters and that's what this series is all about so i hope you'll take every effort to be here every week as we walk through this together let's pray god we thank you so much for the ability to come to you in faith god knowing that when we approach you that your desire is to have a personal relationship with us. And that's just amazing. God, we know that you want to teach us more of who you are and what you want within our lives. And Jesus, we want to grow in our relationship with you. 
We want to grow so that we can understand what it is that we, we truly believe about you and about faith and about salvation and about eternity. So, God, I just pray that you would be with us over the next few weeks as we dive into this, as we begin to understand. And even for some of us, maybe it's for the first time, God, what really is truth? And for those of us that have been living out our faith, who have been in a relationship with you, God, God, will we just be reminded of what it is that we believe? And be reminded that those beliefs that we hold true in our lives, God, that it should make an impact on how we live. Because not only do we want to grow closer to you, God, but we want other people to know who you are through us. So Jesus, use us. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this time. We give you everything we have. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.